Yes, Shanny? Moira, I want Dubas and Keith in my office. Now. But Shanny, this is the day Kyle is helping Sheldon shop for a new pair of glasses. They've been planning this for weeks. Damn, you're right. I totally forgot. Um... Perhaps I can send them up when they get back. No, I I promised Martina I'd drop by the studio to hear how the sessions are going. She's recording the anthem? (laughs) No, no, although that would be cool. No, some original R&B we've been writing together. It's really killer shit. (laughs) That sounds great, Shanny. I can't wait to hear it. When would you like to see Kyle and Sheldon? Uh, let's not worry about that right now. No problem, Shanny. Well, hello, hello, hello. It's the Five Hole Pod. We're back, and all three of us are here. Uh, quick introductions, because we're going to get right into the analysis of this um, leaf season that's already heading off the rails. Uh, King Conco, are you up for this analysis? I'm absolutely. Uh, first of all, glad to be back. I know there was uh, there were some rumors I wasn't going to be back. Uh, I don't know who started those. Gene. Yeah, I know. I uh, know. Either do I. <laughs> I bet you don't. <laughs> anyway, glad to be here and that's looking great. forward G- to taking on the world. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And G. Francis, uh, you're back as well. How are you? I'm good. That's After great. months of intense therapy, I'm back and ready to face the challenge of suffering through another leaf season. And that leaf season is already challenging us on so many, many, many levels. Now, in my observation, as this we were going through preseason and now we're, I think we're heading into game six. Um, so we, we're, yeah, we're right in the midst of the horrible start that the Leafs have had. And I say horrible, it's really just been sort of turning its nose down lately, especially. But but I think what we should take a look at is just in general, the the Leaf fandom ship, the, uh, the media uh, hordes in Toronto that cover the team, starting off so optimistically this year, despite last year's playoff debacle. So much optimism, a lot of, uh, you know, Dubas's moves to address what the team needed and just the fact that he couldn't continue to pay certain guys. Exactly. What, what, they, what the team what, could afford. What the, yeah, what the team could afford. So I guess we're going to be going through this on a yearly basis. But, but in any case, a lot of optimism about the guys he had acquired to replace the ones who were uh, on, the, on the train out of town. So in general, optimism about the team. Now, they certainly haven't rewarded that optimism with any kind of big success. What, what do you guys think about this? Like, is there a reason for optimism? There's not really, it's not like anyone broke their leg in the first five games. Uh, it's just been the results and watching their play that people have started to question that optimism. You want to take this one, G? Wow, going first? Season yeah, well, two. You know, it's season, season two. two. Yeah. Season yeah, two. You caught, me, you caught me off guard. I was just, yeah. you know, I was, I was just daydreaming. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question again? Well, the question is basically. <laughs> Is there a reason for optimism about this team, or is pessimism the uh, yeah, right, right? Um, well, let me tell you, 
I mean, they're looking awful right now. Even when they were kind of whatever, two and one or whatever, they looked sluggish. Um, you know, Campbell, the soup man, was was uh, saving their, their bacon. Um, a guy like Nylander was playing lights out, carrying on. You know, one of the few who, who was doing it last year in the playoffs. Having said that, and now now it's kind of just all fallen apart in the last few few games. But I, I think there's a good, solid chance that this whole thing blows over and they get back to being what most of the pundits figured they would be, which is a, a playoff team. That's it, really. I mean, they're in a tough division. Um, they're in a tough league. But I think at the end of the day, they're going to kind of right the ship and kind of be who they're supposed to be. I mean, they have not played well. That's a given. I, I cannot stress that enough. But I think they're due for a little puck luck at both ends of the rink. You know, the amount of deflected pucks that have found their way into the back of the lease net will surely balance out eventually, won't it? I mean, but what if it doesn't? Even just for a little bit longer. That's that's the crazy part. Because sometimes these things happen. Sometimes... Look at Tampa a few years ago. Things just go off the rails and they never recover. So uh, seriously, who knows what's coming next? Wow. Wow. King, King, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're never really very optimistic about this team. So I, I, I'm, oh, Bill, I'm sure you're, Bill, Bill, Bill. You're feeling very comfortable right now. Bill. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm not going to lie. And it's not because of, uh, of last year that I have continued on with that thought process, but I I didn't see anything, any move made over the summer, any player movement out and in that made me think in any way that the Leafs were going to be a better team, and they're obviously playing in a tougher division, as G rightly pointed out. The Leafs have backed themselves into a position where they get the guys they can afford. It's not the guys that necessarily are the best option, the best replacement. It's just the guys they can afford. And I'm sorry, but Nick Ritchie, Michael Bunting, there's reasons why these guys are available. And I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised at it at all. It's like, you know, the Leafs have two wins this year so far at the time that we record this. They're both against Ottawa and Montreal, Canadian division. As soon as they step out of that, they seem to be getting, like, you know, outplayed and outlucked, but outplayed generally by, you know, teams that haven't played in two years. I, I, I'm, 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 I don't know what I think. I, I certainly think they could turn it around because the Leafs have a top-level talent like few teams do, but they got to get it together. When I, when I listen to the, uh, the pundits talk about, I mean, even now they're talking about um, so many analytics are favorable for the Leafs, if you look at them. And it, and, it, and it would appear like what you're saying, that they're doing a lot of things right. They just can't put the puck in the net. I don't know. I mean, I believe I'm on the record predicting the Leafs will miss the playoffs this year. And it's easy to double down on that at this moment because they're, you know they're they're not getting out of the gate with any uh, with any uh, great success, and one has to expect it to turn around. But what I don't understand is is that the point of this team that we're gonna sort of like peak at a 
at a playoff win or maybe two rounds and then, you know. But I do want to ask this because we're, I guess, to a degree, this is the elephant in the room that's going to be in the room the whole season. What's the minimum level of success that you think will mean that Shani, Dubas, and Keefe will be back next year? Well, I think everybody, everybody would agree that the Leafs got to win a playoff round. That that's everybody knows that. Everybody, Dubas knows it. Shani knows it. Everybody knows that if they don't win a playoff round, there's no way they can come back. No way. Right. I, I, I you know, they might as well just jump out of a, a, a airplane at that point. <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, they might I mean- as well. They probably still have a future in hockey somewhere, but yeah, okay. Well, look at if if, uh, John Ferguson Jr. can carve a career out of the shit that he left the Leafs in, then I guess anybody can. But yeah, it's a a first-round win, which seems utterly pathetic. But we're talking 18 years without a win or whatever it is, um, 18 years and counting. So that's the bare minimum. Is that enough? I I guess it depends who they play, how they win, what they do in that next round. Um, I think what they do during the season does bear, you know, it it does make a difference in terms of whether these guys stick around. So it's it's such a shallow little plateau to try to reach, but it's it's one playoff win. Um, That's my short answer right there. King, what do you think? Well, you guys know that I... (laughs) Yeah, this isn't so much about what would satisfy you. As G said, I mean, winning one playoff round is, you know, as as you said, that's like... Uh, Who hasn't? Low-hanging ha- low fruit. Yeah, well, exactly. Low-hanging fruit. I, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I'm... I'm do, do you... I mean, I mean, I guess what you're saying, if, if I heard you correctly, is like these guys are guaranteed to you know, last out the season. And I'm, I guess when I say that, I'm, I'm specifically talking about Keefe because uh, I doubt the other two are going anywhere. But I, I don't know, man. Like, You mean midseason, right? Yeah. I mean, like... Well, that can definitely happen, too. But do you, but do you think it would? These guys are so dedicated to each other. Um, I, I don't know. I don't see it. I, they, these, I have never seen team management with a longer leash than these three guys is is, considering what they've done it's it's unbelievable to me and so therefore (laughs) my anything that i think with common sense is out the window i mean i think you know i think probably the plateau is a playoff round which seems completely ludicrous to be honest I mean, yeah. I, and I'll and I'll go one further. And as as Bill said, I don't want to you know look too far into the crystal ball here. But when you look at the guys they've got now, and the guy and the contracts are under now, th- this is the Leafs' time. It's not in three years. It's right now. So <laughs> to think that you know, well, they better win a playoff series is kind of what we're all hoping for. It seems absolutely crazy. It is. Another wrinkle in all of that is that um, winning that first playoff round may be a pretty tough test, mm-hmm. depending on where they finish, right? Yeah, I mean, totally. It's a like lot they tougher could end than up, last they, year. Yeah, they could be playing Florida or Tampa or 
well, we'll see how Boston does. They but, can do it both ways, eh? I mean, they can lose to the Washington and, and Boston, you know, put themselves in a bad position. Or they can play Columbus or Montreal. I mean, they, they can find a way to lose any playoff round. It doesn't matter what the opposition is. They've done right. it all. They're well-versed no. in losing. <laughs> That's very true. That's very well, true. Well, it is, it is true. It is true. And I kind of wish I'd said that, but... And probably you know. the the less painful losses have been to the better teams, frankly, because they've shown well. When well, you can justify you can justify it in some way. Yeah, you know, but, but the last I, two. I still think you no. Know, I mean, the last two are in the no justification, yeah, inexcusable totally. category. Yeah, but it's funny what you say about um, you know because we were looking to what it would take, and 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 we're looking at that playoff round, but. Yeah, that's the other big question. Like, what would it take to have have the team blow up mid-season? Like, I mean, what's yeah, the that's first, another good way to look at it. Yeah, what what's the first step? Like, if if this shit show just keeps rolling along, and and the funny thing, you know, I, I'm kind of conservative in, in making rash decisions generally in life. It always blows me away how quickly things can turn in this league. How you know, like somebody just has a a, a bad bunch of games like Mitch Marner or a team just has a bad losing streak streak like whoever right and then suddenly you got pressure from all around you know the fans the media um and then they actually do something drastic I mean it's it's they're not that far away from it all they have to do is keep this tailspin alive for a couple more weeks what's what happens then that that's the big question what happens then who goes well, what was that? What's that um, old saying? <laughs> Maybe it's not an old saying. <laughs> the standard about where your team is at American Thanksgiving. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're out of the playoffs at American Thanksgiving, you, you know, something you're out. Like nine, 95% chance you won't be in. Has yeah. that been statistically proven? Well, I, I think that that's just why we're those... talking percentages. It yeah, has so, been, actually, yeah. It I think it been. is, yes. And it's so because, the, you know, at I the mean, quarter pole, At the quarter pole, if you're out, you're likely to remain out. That's what I'm hearing. That's right. There's, there's less than a 1 in 10 chance, I think. Wow. Is how it's... Okay. Now, right. I think... I'm, I... I, you know, I'm just throwing that out, but it's it's that it's that true. It's that wow. true. Right. And and of course, it's true for a team like, well, I, even though I, I, I actually kind of like Ottawa, but I mean, a team that is expected to be at the bottom of the standings, if they're in that position by American Thanksgiving, that's why the, the stats are so high. Um, there are exceptions, and maybe you can almost spot them if they are out of the playoffs at American Thanksgiving. Let's say the Leafs are out of the playoffs at American Thanksgiving. Are we expecting them to be the exception? Because I, I think they could be out of the playoffs by American Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's not that far off. Yeah, you yeah. know what? I was, I was when you first brought this up. I was going to say that no, that's folly. Um, they'll be in there, but then you know, the more I think about it, and um, you know, you've got to. There's just a lot more variables to making the playoffs now that they're going back to the old system. Like you can be beaten out by teams in the other division. You know, it was quite simple last year, right? But I, I mean, if the Leafs are, are the Leafs are out of a playoff position for any length of time, I think part of me is going to be a little bit surprised. 
and at the same time i'd be going oh my god like they got to do something here because these guys depend so much on the top four and if they're not going and, and it's like there's what are you supposed to do start dicking around with the with the bottom six well you, you know what the leafs look like in some of those shifts lately they look like the team that needs to have um hyman come over the boards oh <laughs> and straighten things out you know um what, what's hyman doing in edmonton right now i don't know does he have 15 he's goals doing, yet doing he's quite got well. five goals he's got five goals <laughs> yeah there you go he's got shorthanded go. power play um yeah, he's doing it all. He's being he's being Himes. Yeah, he's doing he's doing it all, and he's on an un, undefeated team. I know yeah. the Leafs couldn't sign that contract, and I don't even think it would have been a good idea if they weren't in the salary cap hell that they're in, and could have afforded to. I, you know, he's going to break down at some point. That I, I think that contract will be horrible over the last three years, uh, potentially for Edmonton. I think a lot of people think that, but that's not what. The, Oilers the problem is that the, the, the Leafs, as as we all acknowledge, the Leafs' future is now. You you can't you can't worry about those things. You got, well, you got Matthews and Marner. Come on, like I mean, yeah. I was looking I was looking at uh, going down the list today, just of the roster, and, and you know, you know, just look at a guy like Kerfoot and and uh, Richie for crying out loud. You know the combined income of those two. Six million dollars that would have bought Hyman, and if yeah. you got to give him a couple extra years, I mean, you know, Kerfoot's got some attributes, but on a team that has no money, um, he, he's not a difference maker, he's not a difference maker, that's for sure. And Richie, I mean, you know, don't get me started on Richie. So, so th- there you go. I mean, they could have done it, they chose not to. I, I, I think the main thing. What I'm hearing was uh, no trade. He was insisting on a no trade, no movement or whatever for like at least five years. And that was maybe the biggest sticking point in all this. I don't know. I don't know. And and he's playing the best hockey of his life right now, too. I think we all agreed. I think we all agreed. We all agreed last year um, when we were this was staring us all in the face that to give him the money and the term and the you know, conditions that he was going to be able to get from another team was not a good move for the Leafs. And I don't think you can now turn around and go that it would have been because I think we, we all agreed it, it wasn't, it wasn't something the Leafs could do given every other, uh, you know, scenario that they find themselves in with, with the payroll and everything yeah, else. Yeah. So yeah, so right. much much as I miss him as a player right now, and rightly so, because there is no adequate replacement for him. There just isn't. Well, it th- still it still doesn't mean it would have been a great idea. But as I just said five minutes ago, the Leafs' time is now. So who gives a shit what's happening six years from now? Like they only have they have probably two years. And we won't get into your one of your favorite things, Bill, about uh, Maddie leaving for for Arizona. But you know, like there's a lot of people right. who completely agree with that, and they say, you know what, this guy's gone. You know, I mean, maybe not Arizona, but the Kings or some some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. 
And it's like, you know, like, and I don't somewhere where just, bling you, shines. Yeah, exactly. Somewhere, <laughs> where, yeah, somewhere where you can, you know, hang out with the stars. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I, I don't think you can just discount all of that. You know, I think, I think there's a million guys who would love to play in Toronto, given the fact that it's a, you know, a premier franchise a historical franchise it's a hockey town and all that stuff but i i i don't i i don't really see that being enough to necessarily keep a guy here so i i i i think the you know the window for the leafs is short and that's why it just <laughs> rankles me beyond belief to be talking about well they gotta win a playoff series and then what so <laughs> Well, you know, no, but I mean, seriously. So, so in two years or three years from now, we're going to be going, oh, I remember that, those great Leaf teams of like the early uh, 2020s at one playoff series. I'm going like, <laughs> you know, like, come on. I, I think uh, G. Francis is correct, though, that if they did win a series, and I bet the series will be against a good team, like a Tampa or something like that. If they did win that series and then they lost to Boston or who knows what, but or Washington or, or something like that, and you think um, that'd be enough? Eh? I, that I think that would be enough because it, you know, are they going to fire Shanahan? No, I don't think so, and I don't think Shanahan's going to get rid of Dubas just because of the one, just because that's you know not much progress. At least it would be something, and then they, it would buy him another year. I think. Okay, but okay, but just just. Just to stop there, who's it enough for? Is it enough for ownership to keep these guys around? Is it enough for the fan base? Is it like, who's well, it enough for? I if because for me, I because honestly, <laughs> I I don't see that being enough for the fans. I mean, come on, no, it shouldn't it shouldn't be. No, but the question was quite be, precise. It that be. it was like, and, what, 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 what's it going to take for all those three no. guys to be back? And no, I know, I know that. So, so it's really you're asking, what's it going to take for for ownership to give these guys another shot? Yeah, because I think they, I don't think they would look if it was ownership who had hired Dubis, they might fire him, but. They've got Shannon Shanahan there, who's who would probably be continuing to argue for Dubas. I, you know, and I don't know if these guys must read their own press a lot. Dubas gets a lot of freaking credit in the media again for being a guy who at least has a philosophy and a guy who's pursuing something. Now, obviously, there's the he he hit headwinds that he didn't anticipate with the the locked salary cap. But, uh, so he, he gets a little bit of allowance there. But a lot of people think he's a smart guy, and I think that they would give it another year to see if this philosophy, because I think this team is being built along lines that not a lot of teams in the NHL are being built along, um, about talent up front and uh, a solid back end, and the rest is fill-in. I mean, that's really what, and they're trying to catch a flyer with a, a good goalie that's cheap. In any case, let's let's go over some of the guys, let's go over the the changes that went one on and just maybe talk about some of the new guys, um, at least in, in uh, sort of overall rankings. So 
out the door from last year. And I'm probably going to miss someone here, but we got Hyman, Brooks, Thornton, Galchenyuk. Those four forwards. Uh, Bogo's gone on the back end. And, of course, uh, Freddie Anderson. So let's just talk about these four forwards. Replaced by, essentially, Kampf or Kampf. No, Kashe, Bunting, Ritchie. Um, what, what do we think about that changeover? Because when I just look at those four names changed over, I mean, Hyman's a painful loss. Otherwise, I would say we've improved, frankly. Well, I think Hyman mm-hmm. more than makes up for... I, I don't want to go on. this. I don't want this to turn into the uh, the Hyman show or anything. Yeah, the, but, the but lamenting that, it's, the Hyman. It, it's just a huge loss. But, I mean, if you go down the list... Yeah, I mean, on paper, he did okay. Funny enough, though, it was the Richie one that just, when I, you know, he was the last of the forwards, I think, to be signed. He was like definitely in that second wave where you're just, we need a left winger. And, and you know, it's not like I followed the guy's career, but I know he's attached to the draft with Nylander. And, and, <laughs> yeah, and Don you know, isn't that Isn't that stupid? Because <laughs> I remember it, and Don went on about, you know, they should have got Richie, the big the big guy, right? The big guy yeah. with size, big Canadian boy. And it really was a change in philosophy. I, I don't know. I, I'm assuming Burke was gone. That was the first Shanahan draft, I think. And um, it was a change in philosophy. They got a young or they got a, a small sort of speedy skill guy, all pure skill. It was just not what we were used to. So Nick Richie's name has just been always floating out there all these years. So I've kind of had an eye on him, and he's just never amounted to anything. And right. the fact that the Bruins just let him twist in the wind and, and let him go for nothing, chose to not uh, qualify the guy. And then and Dubas swoops in there and pays, I don't know, two and a half million. I mean, they were picking all these guys up for, for 900 and 1.5, and suddenly Nick Ritchie. And it's like, okay, I guess you had a pretty good stats uh, season last year i think 15 goals or something yeah playing with Krejci. i mean it's a little bit like bunting i mean not to get ahead to bunting but i mean you know had some pretty good stats if you prorate them but i mean the guy's never done anything really so uh, why don't we move along Let, let's just talk about well Nick on the Ritchie whole here. though on the whole though those those that those four names being turned over you would still Added up to a loss because of Hy- because of Hyman's. Well, look at I, I mean I, I think you can legendary much, greatness. Yeah, I think you can. I think you can fill holes in with <laughs> with, with whoever. Um, he's just he just proved himself, you know, and I, he just proved himself, and he's doing it again. Um, and but we're King's right. We all kind of agreed. Don't 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 you know? Let's have a little Lou Lamorello here. Refuse to pay somebody let's be the Bruins for once refuse to pay somebody so you know we got tough and we you know Dubas got tough and let him walk I guess we should applaud that so yeah of of Thornton a total waste of space last year in the end Uh, with all due respect he just he just amounted to nothing With all due respect he was a waste of space well I mean you know what there's that's that's true Colossal disappointment. Come on, man. They played that guy out of respect, not because of what he was producing. He shouldn't have even been playing in the playoffs. Like, like I, I, with all due respect, 
That guy I should mean, who, not have been playing in the playoffs. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> like seriously, the... you think that doesn't? You think <laughs> we love the guy? Don't don't get us wrong. No, I'm just we saying. Come on, we certainly respect him. That's for sure. That was uh, that was that was just wrong, right? Hall of Fame, career. you know? Yeah, terrible. Over terrible. Well, okay, <laughs> okay. I okay. I let me let me jump in here on the overall. I think it's an improvement or could be an improvement. If they could get rolling, you know, the good guys, if the good guys could get rolling, <laughs> these guys are capable of giving them a half decent sort of third slash fourth line. Hey, we need some first and second line guys too. That's the well, thing, right? but that's the problem is that the, yeah, the you know, exactly. we've got those guys and you should be able to put, you know, uh, a dachshund out with each of those two pairs and they should cool. still be good lines. I know. So we got Bunting there and we got Richie there. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Th- those are the guys, right? And yeah. and um, frankly, Bunting is has come as advertised. You know, it's yeah. not fool ourselves. He's, yeah. The guy, I think he's 26. He's probably played about 26 games up till this year. You know, and they signed him for 950. So we yep. should one be expecting the world, right? Two years, I think, at that. And, and um you know, like, I mean, the guy is doing everything that he's supposed to so far. You know, he's an agitator. He's drawing penalties. He's put in a couple goals on a team that hasn't scored any goals yet. So, you know, that guy gets, I don't know, 15 goals. I was, Ferraro was saying that the other night, you know, 15 goals. And, you know, frankly, Ray and I think along the same lines because I had been thinking exactly the same thing. He doesn't have to be lights out. 15 goals. Um, doing what he does would be a, a solid season for that guy. Um, but, you know, that, these are the types of guys that we are relying on on our first and second lines. Richie has basically played himself to a, a fourth line as of, yes. as of today. And deservedly so. The guy offers nothing, like nothing. He's not tough. He's not, he's not, he does, he's not a diligent four-checker. And, and it's not to say that he won't bounce back at some time, because let's face it, we could go down the list. Everybody's playing like crap on this team. I mean, that, that's true. You know, it's hard to to say this guy has played. If you want to talk about the the best Leafs, and maybe that's I don't know, maybe it's a Let, I, I know I have a, a nominee for best Leaf so far this year. Yeah, who? Camp. No, yeah. it's it's Spezza. Spetsa and Nylander are the only guys who have played well. Campbell until the other day yeah, as well. Nope. But like, they're, they're, it's a very short list. And, That's for um, sure. Yep. The, problem with, the problem with these guys, as G said, I believe he said anyway, it's like if you can get them for the kind of money that the Leafs are paying them, like what you're going <laughs> to – you're going to stick – a million dollar player on a line or a two million dollar player on a line with like where the other two guys make like twenty two million dollars and you're gonna think that's he's the guy like you know it's absurd these guys are valued at what they're making for a reason so the problem with Richie is really he's proven himself to not be a first line winger or not on the Leafs and the only other place he can be is fourth. He's not a second or a third line winger. They he's not a checker, right? Yeah. Like he there's it's either you're at the top or you're the bottom. You know there's no in between with this guy. So 
And he's in no man's land. He's in no man's land because he's not a fourth liner either, right? He's not that kind of guy either. He's not physical. You got to do something. Yeah, I think I think if you, if if a guy is available for bargain basement, not that Richie was exactly bargain basement, but close. Not at all. Ah, two point five. Yeah, but if you not, but with the you know the pedigree he had and fifteen goals in a year, and he was still cast aside. I mean, I find I, I think those guys are bigger risks than you know signing a guy like uh, Bunting, or Absolutely. even or even Kashe. I mean, I would say Kashe is the sort of guy who it, it, his path has been more affected by injury than anything. You know, totally. It's not, it's not like yeah, he's a late bloomer. Much so. Everyone has always thought the guy's got a lot of talent, but he's just been so you know hardly played any games. Yeah. Legitimate NHLer, right? So I mean, yeah. he's the guy that, and, and thankfully he has stayed healthy, and, and he's had spurts where he looks really good, and he's been effective with camp on that that checking line. And he got a nice uh, breakaway goal the other night. So I mean, he could be the guy that could be an, a legit, um, you know, forward, left winger, I guess, if if that's what he is. Maybe he's right winger. Um, you know, ahead of these other guys. But ironically, he's been kind of saddled on the third line to this point. But Richie, 2.5 is not cheap. That is not, that's not bargain basement money. And, you know, he played with no. Krejci last year, got his 15, which does go. To, and then by the playoffs, he was apparently not even dressing or barely yeah. playing fourth line. So something went wrong. Um, well, I think, I think what, went, what went wrong was Taylor Hall, gee. Okay, exactly. So, I mean, he has proven to be capable of finishing if you've got a guy that can set him up. Didn't happen so far. But, the, you know, because nobody's setting up anybody on this team right now and nobody's bearing goals on this team right now. So, you know, the good players, the bad players, and everybody in between is all kind of sucking right now. That's the least problem. And and then we haven't even touched the defense yet, like – very disappointing. Give me the headline for um, Morazic's start as a Leaf. <laughs> well, well, I mean, seriously, what can you say? Like, it, there's nothing you can say. I, I, like, still, it, I yeah. still think, and obviously, and I, I think the Leafs do as well, or in my opinion. I think that they think that this guy is a legitimate uh, challenge to Campbell. And I could see over time... You know, if things play out with those those two career wise as they have in the past, I, I could see him starting more games than he's. I think he's a pretty streaky goalie, as I recall. Absolutely, I, I, I could absolutely see him. You know, kind of taking the number one uh, goalie uh, role for a while in the Leafs. They just. I I I don't even know what to say about the guy. I mean, like, what? Would he get injured in his second game or something? Well, I guess I was just lamenting the, uh, you know, I mean, isn't it typical that it would play out that way? But I guess I'm just saying, I mean, isn't that just, you know, par for the course, I guess, would be my headline, right? In terms of leaf luck around these sorts of issues <laughs> and this team, this team in particular. The irony is, is that, you know... If, they didn't sign Freddie for that exact reason. I mean, he became riddled with injury and has the reputation of not wanting to play if he's not 100%. 
and he wasn't, so he didn't play, and when he did play, he was unreliable, and now now he's uh, lighting it up in Carolina. It's ironic that they those two goalies switch cities, and, and now we get, once again, the injury-prone uh, goalie. <laughs> yeah. The 1A, 1, whatever he is. I mean, you know, everything is just – so many of these signings are just, like, fingers crossed, right? I mean, Kasha certainly is that case, um, and certainly with the Mrazic, too. It's like, let's just cross our fingers, like – I guess that's all you can do and you don't have a lot of money to spend. Well, and that's exactly the reason why I don't think that I went into this season thinking, oh, the Leafs are much improved. I don't I don't know you know, I don't know who or on what basis people said that and uh many did. They you saved know, money you, in the crease. That that's all they did with really getting rid of Freddie. They they freed up dollars elsewhere. That was Yeah, but I'm just saying in general, if you're talking about the the player in and the player outs over the course of the offseason, I'm like, I don't see I I don't see a net gain there myself. Let me let me ask you this and it will you know, we'll see if this actually makes air. When was the last time that you can think that Leaf fans had an like an ooh, phonetically, an ooh sound in a name <laughs> that they could use. And then the announcer has to say they're not booing. They're saying, you know, well, in this case, Soup. soupy. The last guy. Can you think of a guy on the Leafs who you could do that with? Wow, that's, wow, that's a good one. I mean, surely there must have been somebody more recent than Lou Franceschetti. Okay, there you go. Very good. But, Very know, good. I mean, no, now, did it, they ever do it for Lou Franceschetti? Yes, they absolutely did. Absolutely they did. I believe Lou's uh, infamous quote was I I came I saw I came saw and conquered or something. He he probably <laughs> you know messed it up as much as I just did, but um it was really the highlight of a a journeyman career landing in Toronto. And having the crowd love him, and you know, in that in that typical '80s shit show team, you know, he, he he became a fan favorite and kind of stood out just because he he worked hard, you know, and he he showed a, he just raced around the ice, creating havoc and punching in the odd goal while we all went, <laughs> so true. So true. So there you go. There's your answer. Yeah, I, I I forgot about that one because I was going to say, you know what? You hear it all around the arenas, but I don't know if the Leafs have ever done that. But is there another one? I mean, you're hot. You're on a run. Mm, I don't know. I you know, I don't even know how I pulled that one out of the old uh, archives, to be honest. Little did I know that that question would turn into the uh, the life story of Lou Franceschetti. But uh, oh, well, that's come on. Uh, that's well how this deserved. show works. That's how this show works. This is this is what G is known for is pulling this kind of stuff out of the old memory bank. Well, yeah, he's read more hockey biographies than any other. <laughs> ever since uh, the Roger yeah. Crozier one. He's I think he reads one a one a week. As we as we uh, close in on the Christmas season, if I could do my book recommendation, uh, they they shouted Lou the Lou Franceschetti uh, yeah. Franceschetti story. Yeah, 
Go for it. Buy it. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. No, the, the, <laughs> the title booing. is... They they're not, not booing. Yeah, I'm sure they're, there's a better name. They're not booing. <laughs> yeah. I'm, unlike in Minnesota, they're not booing me. That's or wherever right. he played. That's right. I think he was on the Caps as well. Oh, yeah. Definitely the Caps. Yeah. Anyway. But that just sort of shows you the level of player that was, you know, could sort of approach iconic status in those uh, 80s uh, Leaf teams. Like, oh, my goodness. God. Well, there's there's no oh. doubt that, I mean, if Soupy can stay healthy and play like he was playing, there's it's going to be raining down. Well, I was going to say, so. I, I, think, I think the fans are a little bit reluctant to give this guy too much love because he'll probably start blubbering and increasing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Suddenly, suddenly his eyeliner will start to run. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're going to be going. You know how the you know how they uh, they come out and shovel all the snow away or from around them. They'll be like having to shovel away his tears. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen him? Have you seen him tap the Zamboni driver with his stick? <laughs> the ref will be constantly patching holes yeah. in the ice and the crease. That's what. No. <laughs> They won't even get a water bottle. They'll just ask Soupy to come over and like weep, <laughs> weep over the big ga- gouge in the ice. Oh, oh soup. <laughs> well, I mean, he wears his heart on his sleeve. That's for he sure. He does. He does indeed. As we do every week, talking the Leafs. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Wow, what a wrap! What a wrap! Yeah, right there. there. That was it. Good. Good to be back. Okay. It All is. Right, well, that'll we'll be able to cut in on that at any point. That's good. All right.